Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of Luke. The Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 5. The Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 5. We're in a Sunday school series of the miracles of Christ, part 1. We know that within the Word of God, in the Gospel records, there are 35 miracles that are recorded In the life of Jesus Christ. 35 miracles that Jesus Christ performed while he was in his earthly body. Now we know he's done more than that. The gospel record of John ends up with a statement. That if everything that was recorded that Jesus did. There wouldn't be enough books to record it all. But God had chosen 35 miracles. To put into the annals of scripture that Jesus did. Now each of these are going to have a. It's not the idea that Jesus did a miracle and then it's done and over with. But why did God perform the miracle? What can we learn from each of these miracles? And now we come to the gospel record of Luke in chapter number 5. And we come to another time where Jesus, who was God robed in flesh, performed a miracle. Notice with me, if you don't mind, the gospel record of Luke in chapter number 5. And let's start together in verse number 1. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1, the word of God says this. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had thus, uh, this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which had come into, in the ship, and they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, and at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so it was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from thenceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all, And followed him. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the gospel record of Luke chapter number 5? The gospel record of Luke chapter 5, and notice with me number 4, Jesus' command, launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. 
And with the Lord's help, we want to hit this miracle here, which a lot of people call the miracle of the fishes. <laughs> but we want to examine this story. Now, as we catch up to what is occurring here, Jesus has not called his disciples unto him yet. He's already interacted with the lives of these people before, but now we're talking about the miracle that Jesus did. So it starts off that Jesus is walking outside of the Lake Gennesaret, which we know is the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus <laughs> is there and teaching, and there's a whole crowd of people around him. The people pressed upon him. They wanted to hear Jesus. And so as Jesus was speaking on the shore, everyone's crowding him. Have you ever had someone <laughs> try to crowd you? There's just a huge amount of people. And so in order to be a better teacher, in order for him to be in a better position for people to hear him, what he did is he went to one of the ships that was parked by. During the night, uh, this is where a lot of the fishermen would fish on the Sea of Galilee. And so if you can imagine, it's early morning. Jesus is already out teaching. People are following with him. James and John and Peter and Andrew have been fishing all night. They have their ships there. No one's in them. They're on the sides mending their net. Fishermen um, in those days, they would have these big nets that they would use to launch into the water. And in the morning, what they would have to do is repair any holes. That's called mending their nets to make sure so no little fishies could squirm out of the nets and they would, be, they would have to clean it to get all the fish uh, stuff out and anything that they would find. They would have to untangle things from their nets. And so that was part of their morning thing after they got through done fishing. So they're off to the side and they're mending their nets their ships are on the shore. Um, no one's in them. Jesus comes by. They, you can imagine the fishermen saying, what's this crowd? And watch as this crowd comes. Jesus is teaching. They're working their nets. Jesus stops <laughs> right by the ships and says, hey, Simon, you, let me borrow one of your ships. And so he sits in the ship and they push him out for a little bit. And so he's just off the shore, just a couple of feet, but enough that he could sit down in the boat and he could teach the whole crowd without them pressing into him. So a place where he could be seen. And as an instructor, he just sat down and taught all the people. All the meanwhile, the fishermen are listening and they're working on their nets, watching this crowd. Let's see as the scriptures go on. And it came to pass when the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him, that's asked him, asked Simon, that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he, Jesus, sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he's done teaching, Jesus comes back and they pull the ship back to shore. And Jesus looks at the fishermen and he asks him something strange. Now, when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And so Simon and them reluctantly <laughs> go out. And what occurs is they drop their nets at Jesus's word and they pull in a huge draught of fishes, so many that they couldn't get it out. The nets began to break. They got their partners to come. They helped them. And so many fish were in the net that they filled the ships up and they were so heavy that the ships were in danger of sinking themselves. Could you imagine such a thing? 
These were professional fishermen. These were fishermen who, this was their livelihood. They knew all about fishing. But yet this day they were surprised to see what was occurring. But Jesus said something interesting to them. Launch out to the deep. Go out to the deep end. Let's go out. And then when he was done, we could see the purpose of this miracle. It says, from henceforth, thou shalt catch men. And so with this backdrop, as I kind of explain the story, I want to dive in a little bit deeper. And I want us to explore this miracle. What is this miracle that Jesus did? What was the purpose of the miracle? What is going on? And what is Jesus doing with this? And so if you don't mind, let's examine this a little bit more detail. The first thing we want to do is put attention on the fish. The fish. So Jesus tells him to launch out to the deep. And that's always a thing. Go launch out to your knee, to the deep. But notice what Jesus asked him to do. And let down your nets. Notice the plural here. Let down your nets. Notice as Peter responds, verse number 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. So these are professional fishermen. A lot of the fishermen at the Sea of Galilee would fish at night. These are people that made their living. So this isn't just a casual fisher person. This is someone who it's, this is their business. And they said, we've toiled all night. We've been out on the sea all night and we didn't catch anything. You could almost hear the sigh, but nevertheless at thy word, we will. But notice what he said. Nevertheless at thy word, I will let down thee net. Notice Jesus said, let down your nets, plural. Peter said, fine, I'll let down my net, singular. He had the idea here that fine, I'll just try it. It wasn't a wholeheartedness here. It wasn't a complete obedience. It's like, all right, we'll just try it. We'll, you know, more of a pacify. Fine, we'll just do it. And so they let down their nets. It was a little faith. We'll just be a little bit of obedient. It wasn't just a big exuberance about it. We're tired. We've worked all night. Fine. We heard your teaching. We've met you before. We'll do what you said. And they drop the net. But as soon as they drop the net, Christ caused all these fish to come into the net. Now remember that Jesus is God. He has dominion over all the earth. It was nothing for Jesus as they dropped the nets to command all those fish to hop in the net. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that make fishing easier? Almost kind of like that Sesame Street skit, right? Here, fishy, 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 and they jump in the boat. Wouldn't that be easier? That takes all the fun out of it for those who are fishermen and just want to be out there all day. I'd rather have the fishy, fishy, fishy thing. But Jesus... All he did was at his command, all those fish jumped in the net. They swam in the net. So much, when they lifted the net out, there was so many fish, it began to break. So many fish that Simon said, hey guys, come get the boat. And they filled both ships with the fish. Without a doubt, you can say, this was the most successful day of these fishermen's life. Now with him having the most successful day. Could you imagine what it would be. If, Je- if they had obeyed Jesus. And said let down your nets. Here they were partial obedient. 
But Jesus wanted to prove something to them. That Jesus was in control. That he was God. And they were amazed. As they stepped out by faith. Maybe not the greatest faith. Not the most obedient. But they stepped out. God did something with them. And they had the most successful day. They had ever had. And that's going to be a key. I want you to remember. This is the most successful day. With these fish that came in here. Now, why is God doing this with a fish? He's doing it to touch their lives. The purpose of this miracle was not for catching fish. The purpose of this miracle was to catch men. He was going for the fishermen. They were going for the fish, but God was going for something else. You understand that God does things in our life because he has a purpose. Sometimes we need to get our eyes off the circumstances and see the God of the circumstances. Look beyond it and see that there's a God who's in control. A God that's working and doing things and moving situations to get a hold of us. Jesus is not doing this to give them the most successful day. The purpose of this is not to let them have the greatest business day of all time. He's not doing it just to give them a story of the greatest catch they've ever had. He's doing it to get a hold of them. Which brings us to a second thing here. Not only the fish, but the fear. Notice if you don't mind. <laughs> As they bring in all the fishes, their net break, they, claimed, they called for them. Notice in verse 7. And while they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come <coughs> and help them, they came and filled up both fish, so they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, meaning this situation... He came and he fell down at Jesus' feet and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You know, when we get a hold of God and see God as he truly is, we see us as we truly are. When you see God high, holy, and lifted up, you look at yourself and realize you're a sinful man. When you get an encounter with God, you don't come out of it saying, Look at how great I am. It's always how great he is. And next to God and his perfection, we see how pathetic, weak, pitiful, awful we truly are. And here Jesus has done this great miracle. And it's grabbed a hold of Peter. And his most successful day, he's not thinking about the fish. He's saying, what a great God. And he crawls or comes down and bows before Christ. And he says, I'm a sinful man. You're God. I'm, I'm nothing. He realized who he truly was. Jesus gives a reply. Verse number 9. For he, that's Peter, was astonished. And all that were with him. And the draught of fishes which he had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners of Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Fear not. Fear not. Jesus <coughs> Was talking to a fisherman. Remember Peter. Has been a fisherman all of his life. The Bible speaks about later. That Peter took a net of fishes. About 300 pounds worth. Picked it up. No problem. Peter was a man's man. He was someone who had worked out. He was someone who had built some muscles. He's not a weak little noodle guy. This is a powerful man. And yet he's fall down in his feet. At Jesus feet. He said, I'm a sinner. And Jesus said, fear not. Fear not. 
Now, there was a fear of standing before God's presence. There is a fear of standing before, realizing who God is. There's, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a powerful God. And he's standing and he's, and Jesus said, fear not. I've got a plan for you. I've got something for you. What is that plan? He says, henceforth thou shalt catch men. You know, when you realize how powerful God is, and you realize all that he can do, and you realize that next to him is nothing, there is a fear of what's next. Jesus said, launch out to the deep. What's next? It's a fearful thing to not know what's going to happen with your life afterwards. And Jesus said, fear not. I've got a plan for you. From henceforth, you're going to catch fish. What he's doing is he's taking Peter from his familiar element and he's bringing him to somewhere else unknown that he could be used. I've got a plan for you. And it's a fearful thing. It is a fearful thing. Think about it. I don't know how God's going to use me. I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know what I'm going to face. That is a fearful thing. Fear not. Fear not. I've got a plan for you. I've got something in mind for you. Which led to the forsaking. We started with this fish, this huge, the most successful day that they've ever had. Peter realizes that Jesus is God, realizes that he's nothing, stands before him fearful. What's next? What am I going to do? Jesus says, I've got a plan for you. For henceforth, you're going to be catching men instead of fish. And then we see the forsaking. What happens after this? Did Peter say, well, I got to think about this? Let me hold on. We see the forsaking here. Notice if you don't mind, as it goes on in verse number 11. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all. They forsook all. These are professional fishermen. This was their business. They owned the business. I want you to think that all that goes in in owning a company. The time you've invested in that company to make it successful. The materials. The manpower. All of that they invested in it. The energy. Finances, material, personnel. They had a lot invested in it. And you know what they did? The most successful day that they've ever had, they left it. They left the fish. They left their boats. They left their business. James and John left their father. They forsook all. They gave it all up. It didn't take time. They didn't say, let me think about it. They understood Jesus had something. It was a fearful thing to step out by faith. It was a fearful thing. They were losing their security. Fishing is what they've known. There is a security of staying where you know at. There's a security of being in your comfort zone. And knowing what's going to happen. And knowing where you're at. It's a fearful thing to step in the unknown. And say I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how I'm going to get paid. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how people are going to respond. Jesus said, fear not. And they were willing to forsake all. To give up the thing that they invested in in order to follow God. Now, at this time, may I remind you that God doesn't always call people to leave locations. Sometimes he just wants you to abandon 
the things in your life to follow him. There's sometimes people have a hard time following God because they have so much invested in their hobby. So much invested in this. So much invested in here. And they're not willing to forsake all to be used of God. To be followed by God. Now no one deserves to be blessed or used of God. Nobody does. But God wants to use those who are willing to be used. If you, someone said this, that God is so hard up he's willing to use you. Your greatest ability is your availability. And people have a hard time making themselves available to God because they're not willing to forsake things in their life. Well, I'd make it on Wednesday night, but you understand, there's a football game on. Hey, I would show up soul winning, but you know, that's my only day of sleeping. I'd show up to Sunday school, but you know, that's the only time I could get things done around the house. And you see that people come up with these things. And some of them may even sound legitimate. But they're not willing to forsake. They're not willing to set it aside in order to follow after God. To be used of God. Imagine walking away from everything you've invested in. The things that you put your time into, your money into. Now God may not ask you to leave where you are. But every day he asks us to realize that what we have is not ours. It's his. It all belongs to him. What are we willing to, ha to do with what we have in our hands? We have time. It's not our time. It's his time that he's allowed us to be steward over. What are you going to do with his time? What are you going to do with his finances? What are you going to do with his health that he's allowed you to have? There's so much that God's allowed us to have. Are you willing to use it for him? <laughs> Sometimes churches get to the place where they are praying for labors. By the way, that's the only prayer request that Jesus gave us to say. Pray, for, uh, pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors. Oftentimes we don't need outside labors. We got enough labors in here that if everyone did what they were supposed to. Why don't they? Because they're not willing to forsake. They're not willing to step out to the deep. They're not willing to get outside of the comfort zone. They're not willing to set aside the things they've invested in in order to be used of God. So the whole thing of this idea of the miracles of the fish was not the fish. They left the fish, the greatest successful day that they had, and they left them aside. They didn't even get to enjoy the profits or the benefits of that miracle because they forsook all. And the last thing I want to show you is they followed him. Notice again in verse 11. And when they had brought <coughs> their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Think about this. The books that were written on the disciples. Why? Because they forsook all and they followed him. They followed him. So many people have studied where they went and what they accomplished. But everything that the disciples did for God was done because they simply followed the Lord. That's as easy as it is. They followed the Lord. In a parallel passage, Jesus says this, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We have three parts to that. There's the following him. When we follow him, 
He makes us fishers of men. So think about that. We don't make ourselves fishers of men. He makes us fishers of men. That is something he does because of our response of following him. I choose to follow him. He makes me fishers of men. Soul winners. You know, if you reverse that, you learn quite a bit too. If somebody is not a fisher for men, it is evidence that they are not following him. Because Jesus said, quite simply, if you follow me, I will, that's a promise, I will make you a fisher of men. So anyone who is not a fisher of men, it's because they were not made because they were not following him. That's a convicting thought, isn't it? Jesus is not looking for people to be fishers of fish. He's looking for people to be fishers of men. The whole purpose of the miracles was not to give them fish. The purpose of the miracle was to get a hold of them. So they will become fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Quite simply, what he said. Fear not. So what is the purpose here? God wants us to launch out to the deep. He wants to launch out where there's no safety net. There's no guarantee. Launch out to the place where it's not safe. And follow him. And watch him work. Watch him work. Miracles can happen within our own lives. What a great privilege it is to be a fisher of men. To be working alongside Christ and what he is doing. That Christ had started a, a purpose. Why did Jesus come? The Bible quite, says quite simply in Luke chapter 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Why did Jesus come? To seek and to save that was lost. When he went to heaven, his purpose did not stop. He's now tasked us to continue with what he's already begun. So if it was his purpose to seek and to save that which was lost, what is the purpose he's given us? To seek and to save that which was lost. To become fishers of men. And it is him that does it. What is our part? Is it we try to make be fishers of men? It's we follow after him. And he does the making. The purpose of the miracles of the fish was not to give them profit. It was not to give them a good day. It wasn't to allow them to, to brag about the greatest catch they've ever had. It was to capture them so he can make them and use them as fishers of men. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, 
please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.